Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jake Milham, and joining me for today's episode, it's the usual crew. It's Jeremy Greco and Greg Walker. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty, okay. pretty good. Pretty good? Pretty, pretty swell? Would you say pretty swell? Swell, sure. That's that's a word we could use. Uh, fine. Oh, okay. Uh, also another one, yeah. Um, Greg, if you had to think of another synonym for how Jeremy's feeling, what, what would you throw in there? I'll toss in brilliant. How about that? Ooh, Ooh brilliant. I like it. Can, can you toss a little accent on there for us, uh, Greg? What sort? <laughs> Any sort. Pull, pull really? it on the hat. Brilliant. All right, there you go. <laughs> I, I feel like you can get away with a lot of accents as long as you don't pronounce the T's, man. Or you just got to let it roll off the tongue. For for British, yeah, that's kind of how you do it. It's more like British if you're trying to go for the T's with that, yeah. There it's you a go. soft T. Let me let me go ahead and derail the podcast early on and tell you <laughs> about this TikTok I saw the other day. Uh, this guy wrote this song about accents. It's okay for middle aged white men to do. Oh jeez, it was <laughs> it was very funny. So, I am, I, I'm curious, I, but it was very clear you. that you cannot get away with every accent. Yeah, exactly. There's a there are a certain a few that come to mind that you can't really get away with. <laughs> Did any surprise you on the list? I'm trying to think of ones that like. Uh, so the the it was really it was okay. So it was like a joke within a joke because it really sets okay. up his punchline of you can do a German accent. But don't do oh. a German accent because <laughs> people will assume you're a Nazi. That you know what I will I will agree with that. I have I do have blue eyes. I have somewhat blonde <laughs> hair, so that might not go very well. <laughs> All right. Well, what a what a start to the to the podcast <laughs> this week, guys. We are a we are off to a rip roaring start, just like the Kansas City Royals in spring training. Our beloved Royals are seven and one and are on top of the Cactus League. So have we started placing our World Series bets yet? Are we winning the pennant this year? What what we got? What we got, Greg? I can't gamble. I live in the state of Missouri. And also, Ooh. I'm not a gambling man anyway. Uh, full, okay, so full disclosure, I'm here appearing on a Royals podcast right now. I have not watched a single inning of spring training baseball yet. Not just the Royals. Anybody, because I have 100% college baseball brain at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I know this is famously an audio only medium, but you two can see me right now. And if I keep looking over at the floor like that, it's because I have a TV on my floor playing the University of Miami against Florida game that's on right now. And Yohandi Morales just hit a huge homer and unleashed a nasty bat flip. Because you know what? College baseball is way more bat flips than major. I, baseball. You but, know, yeah. I got to get into college baseball then because I love me a good bat flip. 
The guys, they just have fun out there. But yeah, so the Royals are off to their usual good start in spring training. It seems like an annual tradition, isn't it? Like the Royals mm-hmm. always seem to play really well in the Cactus League for whatever reason. I have no real idea why. And in September. September, September yeah, yeah. for some reason. And in the Cactus League. It's just everything in between that they're awful. It, I, I feel like what this is really telling us is they have a bunch of 4A guys. So Ooh. when they play against the AAA guys, they kick their butts. <laughs> they, they're like, okay, now we got to play the major leaguers. Oh, no. <laughs> they're not very good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I Greg, I, I will agree with you about that. College baseball right now is so much more fun to watch. I'll, I watch the Royals because, you know, like got to get into that drumbeat of watching the Royals. You got to think. There's going to be six games on a week here before too long. And I will, I will agree. The energy in college baseball just goes directly into my soul. It is. It also, it, is it also helps that in college right now, the games actually count where we're still in spring training yeah. for MLB. So it's like, it's fun. You know, we haven't gotten to see these guys play since the postseason, And most of them, you know, since the regular season ended last year. So with a lot of these guys, yeah, it's been a long time since we've gotten to watch them, but nonetheless, like the games don't really count for anything. The stakes aren't really there. Guys are really more just kind of working on stuff as opposed mm-hmm. to really going out there trying to put together their, their best kind of action and win ball games. So it's, it's a way different atmosphere, which I'm going to, you know, it's sort of experience in Arizona when I go there next week. Cause I'm not going to go to any spring training games, but I have in the past. And when you're there in person, it's a really laid back atmosphere. You know, you just go out to the ballpark. It's usually beautiful weather, especially if you're coming from a colder state and just having a good time, maybe getting some autographs, being up real close to the players versus the world baseball classic starting next week, where the energy is the exact opposite. It's going to be massively mm-hmm. high energy. I'm probably going to be standing up a lot of the time. It's it's going to be really cool. There's, it's a lot, it seems like a good time to be in Arizona really here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Jeremy, you got any thoughts on spring training so far? Um, I, I have to admit, I also have not watched uh, an inning of spring training. Well, that's not true. I, I did watch a highlight of an inning of spring Ooh. training. Uh, there's this tweet going around uh comparing uh i think it's a pittsburgh uh pirates pitcher pitching an entire inning in the same amount of time javi baez uh was it javi baez it's some baez i had to pedro baez excuse me there you go thank you uh pitched a single through a single pitch in a playoff game yeah uh, not too long ago so uh yeah i'm excited about that the pace of play rules i hope they they keep that going i love it I know some people talk about, oh, it's just more baseball. And I'm like, it's just more watching guys stand around while the announcers try just 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 search the clouds for something to talk about, <laughs> like a beautiful planet. Um and, and and so I want more baseball, but you know, like let's let's put more baseball in a smaller time. Let's do that. I think that'll be good. That and Pedro Baez uh, sequence that you were referencing there has been really making the rounds on baseball Twitter lately. I also mm-hmm. saw how many times can Jose Altuve hit an inside the park home run before Pedro <laughs> Baez throws a pitch. <laughs> I think Yikes. the one you were referencing was how many times can, because this just happened. I think it was the Yankees. Wandy Peralta struck out to Capito Marcano on three pitches and he was like quick pitching him. Like he got the ball back and mm-hmm. delivered like three seconds later. And so it was a strikeout like 20 seconds. It's like, yeah, how many times that can you get that strikeout before Pedro Baez throws a single pitch? And then there's, there's another one that's, uh, I don't, 
I don't remember who was comparing to what, but multiple outs were earned while Zach Greinke throws a pitch and a, just a random Diamondbacks Braves game that did not matter. <laughs> At least the Baez game was a playoff game, but that's true. Listen, I'm I'm pretty sure you could time out the time it takes for a Greinke pitch to reach home plate, like from <laughs> when it leaves his hand. You could do a lot of things in that time. It is uh, it, his velocity is gone, but man, he put on a master class the other day in, in spring training. I, I will say that, but I mean, are, are you guys kind of over spring training? Are you ready for opening day or what? How are we feeling right now? Yeah, I, I think like most baseball fans, I'm super excited for spring training, like to show up. It's like, oh man, I haven't had baseball in so long. Let's go. And then it's like, oh wait, this is just spring training. Yeah. I'm ready for the regular season. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, I used, to, I used to have that feeling also, Jeremy, but kind of when I started following college baseball, suddenly the hype for me kind of for spring training went down at least a little bit because now I have games that count. But also this year especially is a bit different since we have the World Baseball Classic starting next week. And so I have already kind of shifted, at least my, uh, my wooden bat baseball brain has kind of shifted to that already. <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah, honestly, Royals players are starting to shift over to their World Baseball Classic team. So I'm kind of starting to take my focus away because there's I forget how many Royals players are going to be on different teams but it's a good amount 10 of if you like count farm everyday hands. guys what do you say 10 if you count farm hands we got yeah. uh, nine big leaguers and Robbie Glendening who was in double a last year but yeah you're right Vinny Pasquantino is already I think in Japan right now yeah um Vinny and Nikki took off for Taiwan yesterday Taiwan I, I couldn't remember I if they I couldn't remember if they were playing in Tokyo or Taiwan yeah it is. They they are spread out, but hey, that's the whole point of the freaking World Baseball Classic. I think I think it's gonna be a great time for the fans, for the players. I think it's gonna be a good um, show of goodwill around the country in the sport. I think it'll be a wholesome time. Do you agree, Jeremy? Uh, you know, I I hesitate when I look at at young men uh, in the prime of their their physical peak and prime of their lives at 20 to 30. I, I hesitate to think wholesome is a thing that's going to apply to that group, but you know, it could happen. Listen, we, we don't need any wars or incursions starting over a, over a baseball game. All right. I, I just figure it's going to be more like, like, uh, you know, Bruce Chen trying to be wholesome with your Dono Ventura, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was uh yeah, not not really that wholesome. Not really that wholesome. Okay. You you got me there, Jeremy. Well, hey, speaking of not very wholesome things, let's talk about Jackson Kowar, all right? Cuz uh yeah, his uh, his performance was about as painful as that uh, as that transition. And I I know it's spring training, but I'm singling in on him cuz it is just he got absolutely rocked. The only appearance he's had this spring, so not a great sign. Um, a 27 ERA in one inning pitched. He gave up three runs, a home run, but did have two strikeouts. Um, I focus on him because we kept on kind of kicking the Coar can down the road. Like, oh, he'll he'll get better eventually. Oh, he'll get better with this new pitching staff. Oh, he'll the talents there. He has to do it. Um, Greg, like, are you? I, I don't know. I haven't talked to you about Coar before. Like, are you kind of, has the ship sailed on you? Is he a bust in your mind? What do you think? I have no idea with pitchers. It's so tough because I mean, sometimes it takes them just so long to actually get established as like a starter in the majors, but 
it's also really rare to see a pitcher struggle as much as Coar has in his big league time and actually develop into a decent major league starter at some point. Like it just doesn't really happen. And so I'm not holding my breath, honestly. Like I loved him coming out of college after watching him pitch at Florida, how good he was, but I'm not convinced he can really be anything at this point. I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if it's mechanical, if it's mental, whatever, but if, if changes are going to happen with the coaching staff, it's going to take time. Like these things weren't going to happen overnight, maybe not even over one off season. So maybe he could still be something, you know, I've read other scouts, evaluators, office executives, et cetera, saying, yeah, you know, I think Coar can still be something. I think he's still good. Obviously I haven't seen it, but somebody else has, and they, they know ball right to at least some extent. So maybe he can still be something. I don't know. I'm not holding my breath, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's been ugly. There's no way around it. Jeremy, what do you think? I, it's, I have a hard time thinking that there's just no talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a reason he got drafted when he did. He was successful in college. Um, and he's he's pitching like a guy who just has no talent. Um, it, it, it's weird. And it kind of reminds me of the Rick and Keel situation. And maybe I'm dating myself a little bit with that one. Uh, Rick and Keel was a pitcher for the Cardinals. And then he just developed the yips one year when he was trying to pitch in the playoffs and he was never the same that. pitcher again. And I feel like Coar might've been done something similar when he got promoted to the big leagues. He just wasn't ready for that pressure. Um, and he's, he's just not been the same and maybe they'll figure it out. You, you always hope that they'll figure out their yips, uh, but it, it's not usually a safe bet. No, it's and it, it could take some time. It could be a mental thing. It could be a physical thing. Um, and everything in between. So I'm I'm not too high on Coar anymore. I think the rest of this 2018 draft class needs to needs to move on, needs to progress without counting on him um, progressing beyond like a like a triple A guy because he sh- he shut out a triple A. I mean he was the he was the minor league pitcher of the year what like two years ago. Like he's he's amazing at at that level. Um, so just, we'll we'll keep it moving, but we will keep tabs on Jackson Kowar. And we, we also got to talk about a role as Chapman, uh, the much maligned free agent acquisition. We for the have to talk about yes, it. Yes, <laughs> we do. Yes, we do. Okay. You want to know why? Because his time was delayed last week. Um, with a very interesting quote unquote accident happening at his home, delaying his spring training debut. Um, showed up with a busted lip, a chipped tooth, and he did. He's pitched one appearance so far, um, two strikeouts, only one hit allowed. Like pretty, you know, pretty shutout stuff. What you want to see from a from a reliever? Um, personal feelings about the man aside, Jeremy, what would you like to see from a Roldis Chapman on the diamond this year? Do you want to see a lot of him? Do you want to see a little of him? I, I want to see his back as he's walking away and never to return. I, I'm not going to lie. I can't set my personal feelings aside on this one. Uh, he's, he is, if, if there was a hint of apology or, or remorse, then we could have a conversation because I, I like to think I'm a forgiving individual mm. and I, I, 
argue i have a you know i i talk maybe i don't talk a lot but i think a lot about how our our justice system kind of screws people over and that you go to prison and and then your whole life is changed you can't do so many things and i feel like people should be able to if you've served your time you should get your second chances and obviously he didn't serve any time because he didn't get charged but if there if there was some remorse then i would say okay you know let's talk about maybe he deserves a second chance uh, does he deserve it as a major league baseball pitcher is a, is a separate question, but we haven't had that. And, and he's not offering that. So I, I don't have to ask that difficult, complicated question. And I feel no need to offer him a second chance that I will say that, that is a very interesting injury. He supposedly slipped on the floor, believe and, so. and, and, and busted his lip and chipped his tooth. That is, that is hard to do. Um, and he's, that's not the first weird injury he's come up with, uh, over the past couple of years. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Greg, your thoughts. I knew a girl in college that fell over once and chipped her tooth. Uh, It happened because she was crossfaded. And so whenever these kinds of injuries happen to ballplayers, I tend to take them with a grain of salt in terms of how exactly did this happen? Whenever like a really, really stupid sounding story leads to an injury, I'm like, "Mm, you were doing something against your contract, weren't you? (laughs) You were doing something you're not supposed to be doing. And now you're making up some really dumb story for it. Like I see these dumb injuries in baseball all the time. I'm always not going to believe them. So that's the case for me here. But if I have to say, what do I want to see from Chapman? I want to see him hold a zero ERA in late June so they can ship him off for like a utility guy in double A that'll never reach the majors. Cause I think that's probably the fastest route to getting Chapman off of the roster realistically. Bryce. Oh, and Hey, I will take another toolsy defender who has a, who has a plus <laughs> arm and plus run. So I'm, I'm not too, I'm not looking forward to a role as Chapman on the on the field i i ain't gonna lie to you like he looked good in spring training but even watching him just like you said jeremy and it's hard to put aside like the personal feelings and i don't know if people would have as much concern about his like attitude or him as a person if he had just hadn't had that issue with the yankees where he missed the mandatory workout and like he it seemed seemed like he gave up on his on his team in the postseason, at, or just like pitched to fit. And I'm like, come on, you're you're on this side of thirty, like you're supposed to be the the veteran guy, and yet here you are acting like this. Seems like he's not all that interested. I mean, if you can't show up to a mandatory workout in order to make a postseason roster, how interested can you be in playing baseball? Uh, I mean, obviously he's interested in the paycheck and yeah, he's got he a is. guaranteed three and a half million from the Royals now. So uh way to fleece him, I guess, but I, I guess I, I, I can't believe that he's all that interested in pitching. And I, I can't, I can't believe that that won't become a problem later. That's true. He can get five more million dollars with some incentives. So like he can, he can get a good last payday out of the Royals, which is so you never hear that. <laughs> in a in a free agent oh yeah the royals gave him a good payday yeah oh man uh yeah let's just move on from that alex rios begs to differ oh that's true i guess omar infante does as well anywho um speaking of folks who didn't get their payday lorenzo kane some good news he is joining the class of 2023 missouri sports hall of fame he is the only royals inductee this year um, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. He has a, when you look at his, 
um, resume from his time in Kansas City. It was pretty good for a seven-year stretch. Um, he's still one of the most efficient base dealers in in franchise history. Um, one of the best defenders as well. I think his his war is like top fifteen, if I recall correctly. So he's he's one of the franchise's best. If I mean he's still far behind other franchise great outfielders. But I mean, Greg, do you have any good memories of Lorenzo Cain in Kansas City, or what you got for I mean- me? I have too many good memories, and I think the only reason why Lorenzo Cain isn't one out of one in terms of outfielders here is because the reserve clause doesn't exist in baseball anymore, and also because he did have some injury issues. Like Players just don't stay on their original team like they used to, and so you don't get guys like Willie Wilson anymore. But regardless, Cain was an absolute joy to watch back in the day. I mean, he was, you know, he was the best player on two pennant-winning teams, and so that that carries a lot of weight. It's he was deserving of basically whatever hall of fame is going to get into. He's going to get into the Royals hall of fame someday. I have very little mm-hmm. doubt about that. I, I just, I don't understand how he never won a gold glove in Kansas city. Honestly, like the amount yeah. of defensive highlights that we got out of him and him never managing to get that award here. I think that just shows that that award is meaningless and should not be taken <laughs> into account for anything at all. He only won one and he won it in 2019 of all years. So like I, He's won some fielding Bible, something like that, but he was just never a highly ranked metric guy. I think he did have a lot of errors in the outfield, unfortunately. But man, his highlights, his highlight reel is something else. Jeremy, what what are your thoughts on Lorenzo Kane's time? Uh it was it was a good time. Loved having Lorenzo Kane. Uh, like Greg said, he was the best player on two two postseason teams. He got some. He was third, I think, in MVP voting in 2015, which is the mm-hmm. highest a Royal has been uh, in my lifetime. I think <laughs> um, he he was. I was really disappointed. I was disappointed is probably too weak of a word uh, when the Royals decided to pursue Eric Hosmer instead of Lorenzo Cain following the 2017 season. I thought that was a huge mistake. Uh, as it turns out, Lorenzo Cain's career did not uh, end the way he wanted it to either, wow. but it still wouldn't have been as bad as that Eric Hosmer contract. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm any, any honors he gets are well-deserved. I hope to, uh, to, to hear more good things for him in the future. Um, Greg, yes or no. Do you think that Lorenzo Cain's career is done? Yeah, did he not officially announce his retirement last year? I don't believe so, no. Oh, well, regardless, I think it is. I think it is. Jeremy, do you agree? Oh yeah, he's he's yeah. done. He's been he may not have officially retired, but he was definitely talking about like he wants to move on and do other things and and I mean the stats weren't there to the point that the team no. cut him. So he was still a fairly good defender if I remember, right? Just he just was not getting it done at the bat at the plate. Um but well, yeah, it doesn't I, help. And for what it's worth, in 2014, Lorenzo Cain was first among all American League center fielders in defensive run saved and UZR. So the metrics were there. The voting okay. was just rigged. All right, I was wrong. Then who the then who the heck won the gold they, glove? They talked in 2014 remember. about him not winning the gold glove because he kept moving to right field for Gerard Dyson. Oh, geez. and so the voters were like, "Oh, well, if he's not the best center field defender on his team," and it's like, "Well, that's not how that actually works. It's that he's better in right field than Gerard Dyson is, but." And Gerard Dyson's not starting because he doesn't hit like Lorenzo. It's really pretty straightforward. Yeah, that it is. But hey, that makes too much sense. And uh, yeah, 
especially if you weren't in Kansas City or you weren't a Royals fan during that time, like some of the some of the tactics and the defensive maneuvers and you know, just some parts of that team were completely like foreign. Like, Greg, do, do you agree? Like, looking back, some of that stuff is so against the grain. Like defensively, what they were doing? De- defensively on the base paths, just there's a lot of aspects that were good was, about that team that didn't make sense. Alcides Escobar was leading off. Well, yeah, no, nothing about that team made sense. Like it shouldn't have worked. I think it was just like a cocktail of factors happening. Like everybody having a career year all at the same time, like impossibly good health because that team, those teams had no depth at all. Like if anybody had gotten hurt, they would have been sunk, but somehow they managed to stay incredibly healthy and, you know, having an incredible bullpen helps also just, I don't know. It was a weird, just cocktail of little things that all just came together perfectly to get the Royals to a couple pennants. So I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't seem repeatable at all. I'm not surprised that it wasn't sustained, but still it was fun. It was cool. That it was Jeremy. It was fun, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, But I, I I wrote about, you know, in 2016, what Greg's talking about, where it was, it was just a combination of, of incredible health and career years for guys. And, uh, and, and we saw that, I think in 2016 and 2017, when basically the same teams, couldn't couldn't make the postseason at all much less go to the world series but it was yeah. i mean i i won't i won't trade those two years i'll keep them yeah. now that i got them heck yeah heck yeah and hey while everyone's listening out there please go check out royalsreview.com um our fearless our fearless editor max reaper has put up the 2023 royals review fan survey uh trying to get your opinions on how the team's doing how the front office is doing such and such I would like to interview both of y'all and get your opinions on the quest or get your responses to the questions. Excuse me here on the air. Are, are we good to go? Sure. All right. Let's do it. Jeremy, I'm going to start off with you with question one. How would you grade the job John Sherman and the ownership group are doing a B C D or F? Um, I'm going to give them a D. Okay. Just the yeah. shenanigans with the stadium, not spending any money. Um, just, uh, the, I mean, that's not what I want for my ownership group. Uh, they did fire Dayton Moore, so that's why they don't get an F. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's let's do better. That is true. Greg, how would you respond to that question? F. For the, reasons, for the reasons that Jeremy mentioned and also just my personal bias against people whose net worth is 10 figures. Oof. That legit that's legit it is yeah I, jeremy i have to agree with you i have to go with the d just there was there wasn't a whole lot of positives immediately that will affect the 2023 season i think they're looking beyond 2030 a little bit too much let's actually try to have an enjoyable experience for royals fans right now this decade at least please that that would be greatly appreciated um, Greg, go and start us off for question two. How would you grade the job JJ Piccolo and management are doing? A, B, C, D, or F? See, I filled this out earlier. I think I gave them a D because they haven't seemed to show any urgency in actually improving the roster. I don't know if that's necessarily their choice or if that's coming down from ownership. And you know, they've gotten props for the management hires, the coaching hires and all that. We haven't actually seen the results of that yet. So I'm not going to give them too much credit until I see that they're actually, you know, working. So uh, low grades for me, they should have uh, traded for Juan Soto and Mike Trout. 
<laughs> I'd why not throw in Shohei? I'm sure they could put together a package for Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Right? Why couldn't they just sign Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts? Like, what was stopping them? I I don't understand. It is it is mind boggling. Uh, Jeremy, how would you respond to that question? Yeah, I'm going to give him a D two um, for again the same reasons as Greg offered. Uh, the 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 signings were overpays and don't seem to fit the roster. Uh, but I do like the coach signings. Uh, and I think, you know, we haven't seen the results of those, but at least the process, what they said about those things works for me, makes sense to me. Sounds like a good move, good direction to go. So hopefully we will see those results, uh, in due time. That is true. That is true. I'm going to go up one step further. I'm going to give them a C. Um, I'm a little bit higher on the coaching acquisitions but also i'm a little bit higher on the fact that they actually traded away some players you know before their value could depreciate before the season actually started so i i thought that was a positive ask me again in three months because i'm sure all of our answers will change or just go down to an f (laughs) um jeremy next question do you approve of the matt quatrero hiring yes or no yeah I I think that was he was probably the best guy for the job from start to end. And and they took their time and they did their due diligence and they ended up with him. So uh, good on them. All right. Um, What about you, Greg? Yes or no? Yeah, sure. You know, I hated the methanity hire at the time and I don't feel the same way about this one. So I guess I have to say (laughs) yes. Yeah, this is. So there you go, Greg. This is the first managerial hiring in your lifetime that you haven't hated. Is that correct? Well, no, I don't remember exactly how I felt about Yost at the time, but it's the <laughs> first one in the last five years or so that I didn't hate. So there's that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Greg, for the last question, we're going to put all this together. Considering the coaching changes and player transactions, how would you grade this offseason for the Royals? A, B, C, D, or F? Uh, I said F because, frankly, they're still going to be bad this year. Like, I, yeah. I don't see any reality in which they win more than 75 games, and I'm taking the under on 70. There you go. Jeremy, what about you? Uh, I'm going to give him an F just because this this has been the least fun offseason in my life as a Royals fan. And I've been I've been watching them since 98. <laughs> and that's a lot of off seasons, a lot of bad off seasons of bad I've ones. watched. <laughs> and this has been the one that I hate the most. Goodness. Okay. Well, that is uh, that is saying something there, Jeremy. I'm, you know what? I guess I'm the optimistic one here. I'm going to go with the D. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is, I, I forget why, but remember that random week where the Royals were leading the news cycle? Like there was, they actually had two trades in the middle of January and no other MLB team was doing anything. And the Kansas City Royals have done this. They're actually making moves. And I, listen, in spurts they've they've done things that look like they're trying to go in the right direction but for overall they haven't um let's see how the coaches do let's see how the new pitching development works let's see if we can start reaping some of those benefits from the seeds that were planted um but if you want to fill out your own survey go and get your responses in at royalsreview.com it's under the 2023 royals review fan survey well, guys, we're on Zoom this week, unfortunately, so we have a uh, we do have a time limit. I know uh, I know Jeremy saw that up there at the top. So, Greg, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Where can folks find you on social media? You can find me on social media over on Twitter at Greg, not Craig. That is Craig spelled with an E. And if you want to hear me talk about baseball elsewhere, 
can find my podcast, Bat Flips and Infield Shifts, wherever you're listening to this. We talk about college ball in some episodes. We do Major League Baseball in other episodes. We'll have a World Baseball Classic preview coming this weekend. And, you know, related to that, we also record on Zoom. So we have to restart the podcast every 40 minutes to actually oh, get a full geez. episode. And it's really annoying. <laughs> that it is. I'm, I'm just too cheap to pay for pro. I, I ain't going to lie. I ain't yeah, going to lie. I wouldn't pay for it. <laughs> um jeremy if you don't mind go ahead and plug your upcoming article and tell us where they can find you on social media you can find me at hakaius on twitter h-o-k-i-u-s and uh i decided to go ahead and write this weekend a little roster preview after i said uh, we've seen a week of spring training baseball that's enough yeah uh, obviously <laughs> let's see where these guys are gonna be uh i did put uh i did a little highlight little sneak preview michael garcia gonna be on that uh, 26 man roster i'm pretty sure feel confident about that and on the pitching side uh i'll give you uh Brooks Krisky. I think that's his, how you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's getting all that positive press early on. So that's usually, I feel like a sign of uh, this guy. We're looking, we're looking at him real close. Okay. Is university of South Carolina legend, Jackie Bradley jr. The starting center fielder. Absolutely not. He's not uh, going to make yeah. the team. He is. I, my bet is that Jackie Bradley jr. Has uh, one of those minor league deals that has an opt out and that he only gets promoted if another outfielder gets hurt uh otherwise he's gonna he's gonna hang out in triple a to the opt-out and then jet on out of here and go look for somewhere else to be hey nothing wrong with that i i ain't complaining i don't want to see him starting in coffin um, <laughs> again my name is jacob milham you can find me on twitter at jacob milham casey i did change up the username i almost uh i almost Ooh. went with my old one yeah i know i decided listen i'm i'm a full full body 26 year old i should probably remove the pun from my twitter um handle that i put in there about like 10 years ago so that I disagree is completely okay well th thank you greg so i didn't even I... notice the pun so i'm i'm just over here like <laughs> so then it was a bad pun it needed to be removed thank you jeremy <laughs> Uh, but everyone out there, thank you very much for listening. Please go check out RoyalsReview.com and Royals Review on Twitter and Facebook. And until next time, go Royals! Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.